What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Honest Podcast. My name is Brooke Witt, your favorite host, and today I have a very special guest with me today. He's a full-time trainer and nutritionist working in the digital space to help people improve their lives in regards to fitness and healthy behavior change, Luke Albrecht. Hi, Brooke. Hi. How are you? I said your name right. I know. You killed it. You did great. Yes. Oh, thank you. I always get so nervous. I don't know why, but as soon as I get the intro done, I'm like, all right, I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah. All the hard parts done. Mm -hmm. We're good now. Are we? We're done here? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all the podcaster is. Awesome. Great. Yeah, right. I have so many questions. I hope you're ready. I know you email me back and you're like, I'm ready for all the questions, so I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of rolling this, uh, winging it. Uh, yeah. Prep or anything. Yeah. So. yeah, I know. That's the thing. I never really give. Maybe I should do that. Would you have appreciated me giving you prep questions to, like, prep what you're going to say? I don't know. I kind of, I'm weirdly one of those people that I kind of like a little bit of pressure in the sense of, mm -hmm. like, not, I don't know. I kind of like improv a little right. bit. Right. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Like no one's ever, cause I'm always so on the fly too, especially like this is to me, I just see it as a conversation, but I should probably take into consideration that some people might want prepped questions, but I truly, I truly like, yes, I've prepped some questions, but it's usually like five minutes before the show, like we actually record. And then sometimes I stay on what I want to ask you, but most times I like, you'll hear me say it a million times. I have so many questions because it just, they just come to me like rapid fire. So <laughs> I'm excited. So I guess my first question, tell me, tell everybody, tell the, I already know where you're from, but let everybody know the great city you are from and currently live in. I'm from Kansas City. I live in Kansas City right now. It's the best city ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. I love it. So how, how long have you been there? Have you been there your whole life, right? Um, yeah, I wasn't born here, but okay. when I was like two, okay. so pretty much, and left for a few years right after high school, mm -hmm. um, but that was, that's it. Yeah. I pretty much went to KU, and uh, after KU, went to, what came to Kansas City, so... Oh, you went to KU? You're a Jayhawk? Yeah. Did I you did. know I went to K-State? I did. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not into those big rivalries. Like, I'm from Nebraska, so I don't really care about the KU-K-State rivalry, but yeah. it's just fun to give people shit sometimes. I know, it is. It is fun. It's all good fun. For sure. Do you still follow KU? Um, I try to. It's, yeah. Uh, this year in particular, I have not really. I think last year's weirdly kind of when it started but uh for the most part though i tried to mainly ku basketball yeah sorry. football team sorry yeah no <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad it is it really is. it is but yeah your ku basketball team is incredible my sister played volleyball for creighton and your guys's volleyball team at ku was insane yeah, also like the volleyball team yeah really mm-hmm not surprisingly just it's one of those things you don't know that much about unless you really go there though yeah for sure yeah definitely i know my sister is an incredible volleyball player so it's so fun to like go to all of her games and stuff like that that's cool though i don't know if people know this because i feel like i don't talk about it that much even though it's well i used to live in kansas city obviously you and i have never met i don't know how because our we have so many mutual friends even on instagram it's kind of crazy yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It is, but I don't, yeah, I don't 
I used to live in Kansas City. It was like two years ago, and I lived there for a year and a half. So I went from K-State to Kansas City for like, yeah, almost two years, and I loved it. It was so much fun. I feel like Kansas City just has – I feel like it's up and coming. I don't know. You've been there your whole life, so I don't know if like you feel the same way, but – Yeah, I would I would definitely put it – I mean, it's definitely not in the same runnings as, uh, you know, like say L.A. or New York or Chicago. For sure. Um, but – but it's definitely it is it is up and coming. I would say. Yeah. I, I think over the next 10, 10 years, this city is going to really become something for sure. Uh, pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, even Denver is like they've said it's expanded oh like crazy in the past five years. Uh huh. Denver is. I think Denver is a perfect example of what right. probably will be coming, especially now with the new uh, Missouri having now passed medical marijuana, um, and I think even was it recreational too? I think. What? I'm not, I don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not. It's I'm about not, damn time. But, uh, but I know definitely medical marijuana for sure. Wow. So, At least that's a baby step. When is Kansas going to follow? That's my, <laughs> Nebraska. When the hell? <laughs> we, we just got the opportunity to buy beer on, yeah, the opportunity to buy beer on Sundays like 10 years ago and then in grocery stores last year. What? Wow, are they in the are they in the um like gas stations? Is alcohol? They are, they are now. So everything in Kansas prior to, uh, like like it was really a year ago, everything was what's called three two beer. Yeah. Two percent alcohol. It wasn't even like the, whatever the typical five right. or something. So, uh, store beer like gas station beer, and it was always like a step down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, not even worth it then, I feel like. That's so interesting. Yeah, I always, like, I'm from the Midwest, but I always, I hate to say that I hate on them, but it's just so interesting. Like, Nebraska and I feel like Kansas will be a really long time until it's even close to being legal. But if I can put a vote in and say anything, I think it should, but. (laughs) I'm I'm a Missouri resident now, so. I was going to ask. You're on the Missouri side. Okay, that's amazing. Ugh. Yeah. Love. I was in the. I was. I lived in both. So I lived in Shawnee for a second, which is Kansas, and then I moved to like uh, Westport, so Missouri side. So, yeah, yeah. I've experienced both. Great times, <laughs> for sure. So okay. So enough about Kansas City. I could talk about it forever. But full time trainer and nutritionist. That's what it's. That's what you do. So talk to me about that. What does that even mean? What's nutritionist and trainer? Um, I mean, I just started off as a trainer first, um, cool. personal training, one-on-one face-to-face at the country club that I'm actually still at right now. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I just, I, I kind of moved into, I've always, nutrition's always been something that I've always been fascinated by. Yeah. And I've, I've always done it as a hobby. Right. Myself. Um, and then eventually, I just decided I might as well just get certified in it because I do it all, do it with myself, right? So much, and it also there was there was only so much uh, help I could offer clients. Yeah. Helping them achieve their goals. So that was a big, a big reason why I moved into the nutrition sector. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's just that's uh, been going on for. Almost, uh, almost three years now. Amazing. It'll, it'll be, it'll be three years in like January, I think. Yeah. That I've been doing it. So. The nutrition yeah. and training, or just the training? Training for three. Nutrition came about a year. Oh, so. that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. 
So many, see, I told you, I, now it's all the questions. Here we go. So nutrition, so trainer first, what brought you, what sparked your interest in training? Um, honestly, uh, was not intentional. Okay. I've always been, I've always been interested in, in the gym and just right. working out. I've yeah. always loved fitness. Um, did you play sports? Is that why? Yeah, or what was the, no, no okay. sports really, um, and you know, junior high and high school, I played no organized sports. The only thing I did was martial arts. Oh, cool. Okay. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed that a lot. So, but I did martial arts and, um, after high school, I joined the army. That was, I guess it's kind of like a team sport. Right. Know? Yeah. But, uh, I did that for three years, but uh, this whole time though, I've always been, I've always loved just fitness in general. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened that one of my degrees was in public health and required an internship at something related to what I was doing, getting my degree in. Yeah. And I just ended up kind of started, I worked at this country club where I was shadowing different people mm-hmm. with different jobs. And uh, they offered me a job. And I actually had a different job lined up um, in, the, in a mental health space. Yeah. Because my other degree was in psychology. That was at a, it was called a TMS clinic okay which stands for this is this, this is a whole another topic <laughs> but like this it stands for transcranial uh transcranial magnetic stimulation okay treatment okay treatment for depression oh um but i ended up that job ended up not painting out and i just went with the job offer i had right and uh actually just kind of fell in love with being a trainer yeah and more more specifically i think was coaching right people. For sure. That was, that was really the thing that was I, I really liked was coaching. Yeah. So um, that was, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in it. So. Dang, that's cool. So you've been into fitness and stuff like that. It's just something that is was something that you enjoyed. And then you go to school for a different major, so it was psychology, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you... Went to school for psychology, then had an internship at a country club. I had an internship at a country club also, and it was so much fun. Like, we worked our freaking asses off, but it was so much fun. I don't know. You still work there, so I'm assuming you enjoyed it. But I loved working yeah. at a country club. It was fun. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my, it's my different. Are great. Coworkers are great. Yeah. Everyone's great there. That's really cool. That's sweet. So then they offered you the job. You were going to try a different job down the psychology route, but you found training. They offered you a job. You took that and you've been with them for three years at this country club. That's amazing. And I think it's so cool. I love talking to people who say they have a psychology degree because I love psychology. I love mental health. I love all emotional intelligence all of it. Like I love, obviously I love all of it. If that's not obvious already. So I'm really excited. So on your bio, you also mentioned, so nutritionist trainer, but then it also says psychology. Um, so do you mix the nutrition training and psychology all together? Or what's like your formula to bring psychology into it? So the, uh, nutrition, uh, certification I have is, a habit-based one, so okay. it's, it's a I'm what's known as a habit-based nutritionist. Okay. Um, so uh, it revolves around healthy eating behaviors, um, and also really just healthy behaviors in general. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a model called 
in, uh, in public health. There's something called the biopsychosocial model of stress. Okay. And, and also the, there's also a biopsychosocial model of health. It's, it's, there, it's the same, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So really all that means is there's, your body has, your body doesn't differentiate very much between uh, things like physical stress and emotional stress okay. and say financial stress. Yeah. Say relationship stress and all of these and say maybe a stress from not getting, you know, close to seven or eight hours of sleep, maybe you're only getting five hours of sleep. Right. Stress. Um, so let's say that you are and let's say that you're physically just not the healthiest, you know, let's say you don't really exercise that much or you're overweight. Um and you're going through a breakup and you are losing your job uh, and you're sleeping five hours a night. Yeah. You are, your body isn't compartmentalizing these into different categories. This is all just one category. Right. Of stress. Mm-hmm. So then if you decide I'm going to go on a diet, this is another, you know, diets are stressors. Right. Uh, so this is, it all just kind of pulls from the same. Yeah. So right. it's this is kind of where the healthy habits come in. Um, yes, I do focus around eating and things like that, but there's also a lot to do in the realm of, you know, just making sure certain routines, Heck yeah. working with morning routines or, uh, evening routines, things like that. And those are things that I actually really like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I love morning routines. I'm very, I'm a huge advocate of it, especially with my clients as well, or evening routines, really whatever works for you, but I totally agree. And isn't it like, okay, so you're saying, and it's, it is totally true how it's like your mind doesn't know your, or your body doesn't know between all the different stressors. It just says that it's just one whole thing. So it's like, that kind of shows you that one area of your life affects all areas of your life. So like, it's not just like you said, just going on a diet and just, you have to look at all areas to make sure they're all balanced. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. There's one thing I, I tell people pretty, pretty often that, um, I pick when to say it necessarily because it's not something everyone perceives. Yeah. Well, Right. Or, or it goes in one ear, not the other. And sometimes you have to wait for the right time to say it. And it's that there is no amount of physical change that you can enact on your body that is going to be sustained long term that isn't accompanied by a mental change. Yes. So if you want to, if, I mean, if you really want to lose weight and keep it off, that's something that is going to require, there, there's going to need to be a shift in your, and somewhere in your psyche. For sure. Um, I don't know what around. That's something you know we work on. Yeah, going to need to be a shift somewhere about usually some sort of like core belief that you have around. Yep. Maybe it's weight loss or food mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, whatever it may be. For so. sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's so it's you're so right because even like even with fitness as like say somebody's coming in there to you and they're like I want to lose X amount of weight or whatever get healthy. Same goes for me though too. It's like somebody a couple comes to me for relationship, you know, coaching. And I'm like, okay, before we even go into the relationship, we need to look at all areas of your life. How is your work life balance? How is your physical health? How is your mental health? How is your family? How are your finances? Like you literally have to look at all of the things, you know what I mean? Especially 
if you want to stop that pattern. I don't know if you've experienced this or see your clients experience this, but like, say you want to go on a diet or get healthy, you'll get healthy for two weeks. Something throws you off track and then you stop doing it. Do you experience that or see that ever? Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I would say 90% of everyone yeah. this. There's a few people that I've worked with that are just very regimented. Right. And they're, they're the types that, you know, you tell them what they need to do and they do it. But, and, and I mean, that, those aren't, those aren't the, those aren't the rule. Those are the exception. Yeah. Most people struggle with that all or nothing. Yes, for sure. That's, that's always the thing that I, I see is all or nothing. And it's, um, it's discouraging. Oh, it's very discouraging. You know, and it's, it's just one of those things where someone says, I'm, I'm doing really good in this diet for a week, nine days, 10 days, whatever it may be. And then they have, they fall off the wagon. Yeah quote unquote, with one meal, and then it becomes, well, screw it. I'm not gonna yeah, right. It's like when you don't pay attention to what you're doing the rest of the day, the next thing you know, like let's say it happens on a Friday, next thing you know, it rolls into Saturday, and then the Saturday goes, well, I'll just finish out the weekend and start on Monday. And then by the time it's Monday, you've done more damage than you would have if you just would have had a more rational response right. to the quote unquote cheat meal, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, on that, you know, say Friday, right? You, know, you would have, you would have, you would have avoided the rest of that that was coming after. For sure. Why do you think people get? And I've experienced this in college. I had a really unhealthy relationship with food and dieting. Um, it was not good. But why do you think people get so? Like, say they mess up, like you're not, it's not even a mess up. That's the thing. You're, it's fine. You know what I mean? It's how you deal with it afterwards. But you made that decision, you ate the food. So, why do people then afterwards be like, okay, I'm giving it up? Like, what? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be different for everyone, and it can pull from a lot of places. For sure. Um, so, I mean, it could be that it's just what we're programmed uh, via just societal pressure yeah you know and i and that's why i don't you'll never hear me use phrases like cheat meals yeah or days. i never i never say it um because i don't think that's a healthy term right to use. what do you say instead i don't call it anything okay i just say this it's my meal it's my food right you know, if I, I, it might be that i have a higher calorie day or a higher calorie meal but um I don't call it anything. Yeah. It doesn't give a designation. For sure. The, the thing with food is uh, if you mess up, it's not like there's certain things that you only get so many opportunities to do in a week. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe even in a day. But food is something that you have – at least three opportunities a day to fix. Right. If you have a bad one, you can have two good ones. For sure. You know, and if you have one bad one or two bad ones in a week, you can have 15 good ones, mm-hmm. 20 good ones. You know, um, you have multiple meals. You have ample chances to set it straight again. So that's that's one thing. It could be that, you know, there's that societal pressure on yeah. it. I think for a lot of people, too, there's a, uh, a shame spiral. Yeah, for sure. Too, mm-hmm. Where there's, you know, it becomes – Oh, I didn't stick to my diet. I'm not good enough. Yep. Why do I even try? And then it's then it's this cyclical thought process yep. of negativity and 
really just beating yourself up to the point where mm-hmm. you, if, if eating is a coping mechanism for you, you'll keep doing it. Right. And as you keep doing it, you'll feel worse. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, uh, that's also something that they, they have to struggle with. For sure. I realized that recently, not recently, it was probably last year when I get upset, I would eat something a lot actually and not and be like and I would know like my head my brain would be like you don't need this it's not worth it whatever but I wouldn't realize I was upset until one day I was in the car I don't know what was going on and I just it literally just came to me and I was like holy shit when I eat that much that means I'm going through something and I need to check in with myself rather than be like you know eating it means something it has to so I was like wow and then then I went down this not rabbit hole but I kind of broke down what it is I was going through it was like some family stuff and I realized I was like okay now I get it so now you know when I feel that way I know I'm aware and I can kind of do something different than you know eating a lot yeah absolutely Absolutely. that's definitely and you know and I would say that's that's always a good thing for sure once you're able to identify it even in, even as it's happening, as long as the, that's the first step, you mm-hmm. know, once you, and that goes with anything related to mental health, really, any sort of negative coping skill that you have, if you, I mean, if you reach for a bottle every time that you get stressed out, yeah, um, that's it's no different for you know, sure. It's the first time that you actually go, wow, I actually really don't want this, I don't need it, or that's actually a good one is when you say I don't need it and I don't even really want it, right? I'm doing it anyway. That's you. That's usually one of those first big aha moments mm-hmm. where you might still not be in a position where you can stay away from it, right? But you've you've hit you've you've gotten on you've gotten on track. You've for sure. Yeah. Just connecting those dots. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's it's like you said. It's like just taking that first step. And I think that's another thing too. It's like we have this huge goal, and we see people on social media that have this body, but we don't actually tap into how long did it take them? What did they have to go through? They just see like this end result. So they make this huge goal and then they go try to do it. And then one speed bump, it's like, you know, all or not, it's, it's over with. Cause I think it's interesting. We go to my boyfriend's into bodybuilding. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, we'll talk about it. Okay. (laughs) That's not really diet. So it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, whatever. So competition private it's different so it's a different animal it's a different animal yeah and it's his job so but we go to a gym and i remember so obviously covid i haven't worked out in a gym in a really long time because la was closed down or it did open for like one week and then it shut down again so i hadn't worked out in a while and we go to this legit it's called armbrust gym it's here in denver it's like this well-known bodybuilding gym Phil Heath goes there. I don't know if you know who that is. Okay, yeah, yeah, like it's legit. All these people are like shredded. And so when I walked in there, I definitely felt some like, you know, because I have some fluff that I need to get. You know what I mean? Like I kind of felt a little insecure. But then we came home and we were looking at their Instagram. And he was just telling me about all these people. And he's like, they've been doing this for five years, seven years, three years and dedicated to it. You know what I mean? It's not something that can happen overnight. Not at all. Yeah. And that made me, I was like, okay, they started somewhere and here I am at my start. So it's like, I can't knock them. They've been doing it for three years. I'm starting right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's all about pushing the needle 
a little bit further exactly you know, in the direction that you want to go and and if it if it's food or if it's if it's exercise you know if, if you take up something in the form of exercise or if you get on a diet um and let's say it's a let's say it's a long-term uh kind of diet where yeah. it's, it's not like you're just you're on it forever for eight months in a, in a calorie deficit for, right because that would just be i no one you shouldn't do that no but you'll you'll have times you go into the diet you come back out you go in you mm-hmm. come back out if you do this for a long time and at the same time you're you're sticking to exercise an exercise program or regimen you know over and i mean in this time frame of years you might become more of someone who looks like and behaves like someone who is a successful long-term dieter yeah and who is um consistently on an exercise regimen mm-hmm. you know and uh that's really that's really and that's something that i've noticed with covid especially is like people who have been in the gym forever just having meltdowns about it yeah um <laughs> freaking out about the fact that they're like oh my god i've literally been at the gym for 10 years i don't know what i'm gonna do and i loved it i was like see ya I'm just going to yeah. relax. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, but if, they, if you really took a step, take a step back and think about it, and now a lot yeah. of people have had an opportunity to go back to the gym too, mm-hmm. they realize it's not that big a deal. But if you've been doing something for that long, if you take some time off, you're probably still going to stay pretty close to where right. you were. You know? What's, what can be discouraging versus people who are a little bit new, more new yeah. to the space, mm-hmm. um, and they have to take time off. That that would be discouraging, just because you just you just get going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah. People who've been doing it for a long time, they yeah they they look a certain way because they've been doing it for you know years. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Especially and and not that yeah that gym is just incredible, but it makes you push. I think to me too, it's also motivating as well. You know what I mean? Especially oh, yeah. like I know where I want to go and how to get there, and I've created an action plan to get there, and I'm pumped to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Okay, so you mentioned COVID, so I think that's um, it's where I want to go next, but I actually have a question about habits because you said you're a habit-based nutritionist. So I know obviously everyone's different, but do you ever say like it takes X amount of time to even start building, you know, this health, these healthy habits? Well, research is... I mean, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. With yeah. Um, but there, there's some pretty good research out there on habits. Um, in fact, most of psychology, especially in the U.S., the, the field of behavioral psychology was really um, poured over for like 30 years. Yeah. It was, it was the predominant field people were studying in the United States for a long time. Huh. So there's a lot of good behavioral psychology out there. Now, when it comes to habits, on average, it takes about 66 days to form a habit. Okay. Um, really to get it down. Uh, and that's with constant work at it. You know, and there, there will be slip-ups. It's yeah. not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So really the whole aspect there is just getting back on the horse. But I will say that even though 66 days is something that, that's it's a number you can work with, two months approximately, um, it depends. It really does depend. Yeah. Um, some people are going to have more, uh, the term that I use is resistance. Mm-hmm. They're going to have, they're going to encounter more resistance along the way within themselves. For sure. Than others. Some people 
will, you know, you said your boyfriend's a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders tend to be one of these people that, like, you could give them, here are your macros, here's your workout plan, these are the days you're going to hit these muscle groups, and, I mean, they will not miss. No. 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 There's, yeah, it's insane. (laughs) But the discipline, it's incredible. Yeah, and that's the special like that's yeah, a, you know, different I, breed. I would say that that's one of those groups of people that just kind of really go with that pretty well. Yeah, um, the average person, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. If you have a real, if you work eighty hours a week, it's probably gonna be harder for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, just again to touch on COVID, if you uh, don't want to go step foot in a gym or you live somewhere where you can't step foot in a gym, but you really want to change your body through yeah. body weight exercises it's not impossible but yeah. it's certainly harder right you know so that's definitely uh, it's gonna be different for everybody for sure it's, it's, it's always gonna be different for everyone yeah which is i will try to i mean the, the rate that i always try to go with is about one two percent of your body weight up or down per week okay is really about the i would actually i'd say closer to half to one and a half percent okay. of body weight per week up or down whichever way you want to go mm-hmm. is about a rate that you that you should shoot for okay and that's that's attainable all the time for the most part yeah, yeah. if you don't have anything to lose there are some people who think they have more to lose than they do right and there's other people who think they have uh less to lose that's than true they do. right uh so for for some people and so if you're if you're very very overweight i mean over two percent of your body weight could be fine yeah now, i'm not someone who works with nor would i work with someone who's uh, say very obese just because i feel like that's that that requires a little bit more medical monitoring and for sure I'm not, a, I'm not a registered dietitian yeah um just you know i'm a nutritionist so it would uh that would be something that would be outside of the scope of my practice for sure bit. yeah yeah that's so cool and i yeah it's it's so crazy and like you're saying it's different for everybody and that's the beauty of it and that's what i love it's like even with people they come for me for coaching i'm like it's not always the same like everyone's so different everyone's going through something different everyone wants a different goal like i can have a kind of like a blueprint of obviously how i coach and probably you too but it's like i you know everyone's so unique and which is so much fun also yeah, it is. yeah. That's the thing that I like the most about it. It's like everyone is a, is like a little bit of a puzzle to work with, and that no one gets the same treatment. You know, I obviously there's a there's a blueprint that yeah. I work with to get going, but where we go from there quickly changes based on the person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. So you mentioned you're on you're in the digital space, and you also mentioned you're in the country club. So what is it that you're doing online? So online, I'm just kind of, uh, so through the country club, I have access to the members that are, you know, that, that are members of the country club there. Um, but, uh, I, I can't bring anyone from outside in there. To okay. Uh, Makes sense. since it is a private club. Right. So I have, um, set up something where I train, like I set up uh, exercise programs and do nutritional counseling virtually. With Sweet. And this is something I, I started at the very beginning of 2020. Okay. Um, and then I, it just kind of went, things got a little bit crazy just because of you know, everything that like, <laughs> went on with lockdowns and COVID. Yeah. And things like that. So, um, but I started, I started doing this. I think I had my first client ever March or April of, 
2020 outside of the country club okay so yeah that was uh but it's it's been it's been good though so far um i'd say once about summertime came around people were a little bit more uh well they were a little bit more ready to right start working with someone again for sure since we were able to kind of go to gyms again here yeah okay are they opening casey they are that's nice we have to wear masks inside at all times same uh it doesn't matter what you're doing right everywhere yeah so Mm -hmm. but honestly it's not that big a deal yeah no and we have for our gym it's an hour block you can only really go for an hour you have to like schedule it yeah yeah but yeah it's i'm very grateful we came from la no gym forever and now we have a gym so i'm so thankful i'm sorry for the people who don't but obviously you know there's other workouts that you can do at home i've seen a ton of people get creative i saw one dude doing squats with his couch water bottles like people have gotten really creative i don't know if you noticed that on social media but it's been wild yeah i absolutely have it's It's so cool pretty crazy yeah and you have a gym in your garage right yes yeah so i bought a house in may cool and i did i redid the whole garage to uh make it like a just a, a good workout space yeah so, and that's somewhere I, I now train clients out of there. Yeah. Too. So people who aren't members of the country club, uh, but want to do some training. Right. They can still come in there. That's so, so cool. I love that. And you mentioned that you started this at the top of 2020, which is funny because I started my coaching business at the top of 2022 before, like, it was like, I quit my corporate job in February and then, so I was full-time coaching and then March 15th, that's when COVID hit. I still remember the day, but yeah. So it was like right before COVID. So did COVID like freak you out or anything or did it motivate you more? Cause I feel like a lot of people I've talked to, they're like, it opened my eyes. It like made me, let me do so many things. COVID, let me my words real carefully here. Um, COVID was, to me, uh, one of the best things that's happened t- to me. I agree. It's it has brought up. I have had so many challenges this year to, to have to overcome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a, probably one of the more challenging years I've had. Yeah. Just in regards to a lot of different things. For sure. Um, and on the personal side of my life, and then just even like buying a house and everything that comes with buying a house. <laughs> yeah learning how to fix things around the house. Like I have my <laughs> handiness that I have acquired. That's hilarious. Has gone up exponentially. Yeah, congrats on the house. Like that's dope, you're a homeowner. That's so cool. Yeah, and I mean, and that's just naming a couple things. Right. I mean, you know, work with, you know, work at the country club and then my own stuff as well. Uh, it's had a lot of challenges mm-hmm. that I've had to overcome and so far, I've overcome all of them. And Heck yeah. that's extremely reassuring to know that even in the midst of COVID, I'm still progressing, moving forward, getting better. Uh, and so I really, if I, I think that if you can turn lemons into lemonade this year, you'll be fine. Yeah, year. for sure. You know, that's kind of how I see it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's so cool. And I was pointing to myself when you were saying that too. Obviously people can't see that, but I was like, I totally agree. Like this year has been 
the year of growth times a million. Like it's, it's so good. I agree. Cause it's funny that you bring that up. Cause this morning I was writing down, I was just like looking at like kind of the whole year and I was like, wow, like instead of turning it, cause I remember on the 15th and March I got, I had a pit in my stomach. I felt so bad. Like, I don't know. Like I just thought, not the world was going to end, but you know, I was kind of depressed for a second because it, the, you know, it's shutting down. You don't know what's happening, whatever. I kind of got a little weird, but now seeing that, what was that? However many months ago, but to yeah. now see where I'm at and to fight through all of that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. You know, and it's, it's, uh, you get to work, you know, and it's, it's just what it is. You, you get to work, you start with a problem Yeah. and you try to come up with an answer. For sure. And I mean, you just start with something small and you work your way backwards. And I would say that's something that I think that between coach, between coaching and just the way the year has gone in general, reverse engineering outcomes, it has been something that has been probably the best skill I've learned. Yeah. Really, I should maybe not learn, but really had a lot of practice with. For sure. So if having a desired outcome and working my way backwards from that. Can you give an that. example or a example so people understand yeah. what you're saying? Um, so I've heard of it. I mean, let's say, so if I'm working with uh, a client that wants to, let's use something that's, you know, kind of a little bit more abstract. Yeah. So let's say that they want to be uh, like kinder. Okay. To themselves when they uh, eat foods that they, they normally wouldn't want to eat. Okay. Don't get them closer to their goal. And they want to be kinder to themselves in that yeah. regard. You know, I, I am no therapist and don't want to be. That's not something I aim to do. But I would what I would ask people to do is I would say then start with start with that and think to yourself, what kind of person would that be? You know, someone who isn't mean to themselves whenever they yep. eat cake you know let's say uh what would that person look like in terms of kind of just characteristics and it's like oh well they would probably possess some sort of you know um um self-love or some sort of uh uh, moderation yeah themselves um you know their forgiveness they they wouldn't they wouldn't be uh chastising themselves too much so it's like, okay, let's just stop there. We have some things you can work with. You know, you mentioned self-love, you mentioned moderation. Uh, so let's take those and kind of break them down again even yeah, further. Yeah, right. Um, what are some things, what are some behaviors you think that people who practice self-love would do? Mm-hmm. And, or and maybe some thoughts that they might have. And then you kind of would try to examine that. And it's and again, these are things that you want the, you want the client to try to put on answer themselves right but you know just to kind of continue the example there let's just say uh they probably have some sort of like a gratitude practice yeah um it's like okay well then let's start with a gratitude practice what is the smallest thing you could possibly do to take some gratitude every day for sure every day doing something every day yeah i mean if you start with 10 seconds um, if your goal is to meditate an hour a day, um, 
let's start with having you go sit in a chair for 10 seconds and take one big deep breath and then go on with your day. Yeah. And those are the, those are, that's honestly the hard part for people is being able to like, there is always somewhere you can break down a habit. For sure. There's always, it doesn't matter what you want to do. You can, you can get something so small. You just have to get creative. Mm -hmm. And once you can do that small thing, uh, you, you can get that down. The rest of it just kind of flows. Yeah. For, for, there's one client I was working with. He wanted to work on like a nighttime routine and journaling in the evening. Mm hmm first time he did it he wrote out like three pages yeah then and he was he thought it was great and then he didn't do it again for the rest yeah of the yeah and i was like <laughs> well yeah you, you're not gonna want to write three pages That's right something i want to do so instead why don't you just open your journal write one sentence and i even kind of gave him the format i just said i am grateful for yeah work. just do that just do the one sentence every night and just don't do anything more and all it took was putting pen to paper. And For sure. Right. Out right. Yeah. So, now, it wasn't two to three pages because, you know, you can't, you can't put that much out every night. Yeah. But just doing the one sentence. Yep. That's someone you can start. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. So re what do you call it? Reverse? What do you call it? Uh, like reverse engineering an outcome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I I don't call it that, but I I totally do the same thing and I totally agree. It's like starting like so for example, one of my clients, they were like, I want to work out 5 times a week. And that's like their big goal. And I'm like, "Well, how many are you doing now?" And they're like, "Well, only like either none or one to two. I'm like, "Okay. Let's be a little more realistic. What actually feels better? What would you actually be able to do? What's more realistic? And then let's take baby steps to get to five. Maybe we, like you say, start out two, maybe hit those two. And then next week we'll reevaluate. It's like a week after week kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And those are honestly the, the easier ones. That's one yeah, for like sure. The, the, the abstract stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for um, sure. Yeah. It's like five days a week. It's like, Cool. Start with one. Yeah. And, you know, how about how about there? Exactly. Or, uh, even start with. There's, I don't remember. It wasn't a client of mine, but there was someone I was listening to talk about how there was a. One client of theirs was. Wanted to, to work out a certain number of days a week, and he would get in the car, drive to the gym, walk inside, and turn around and leave. And that was where he started. Yeah. It wasn't even doing the workout. Wow. And eventually, at some point, he just goes, well, I'm here. Might as well do 20 minutes on the, on the treadmill. You know, and then once you actually are able to stay in the gym, and then it was, okay, let's go. Progress. Wow. That was a client of yours? Not a client of mine. I just, I was listening to something. That's a really cool idea, though. Yeah. Like, even, yeah, especially because people do have, like, a lot of hesitation. Like, it takes a while to, you know, even build up to that. So even starting as simple as just even walk to the gym, walk in, walk out, you're building that. And then you get more and more comfortable. You're progressing. You're not diving off the deep end and whatever. Like, you're doing it at your pace. That is fantastic. It's, it's good. The, the issue that you would encounter with that is that it feels silly. Yeah. You know, and especially in a case like a, going to a gym, you're you're probably spending money on it. Yeah. So you're going to you're that's gonna be your your resistance at first, most likely. It's gonna be like, Well, this doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about this recently about why bad habits are so 
easy to form and hard to break and why right. great habits are so hard to form and or sorry yeah hard to form yeah. and easy to break mm-hmm. and really it, it comes down to the fact that bad habits are instantly you know gratifying yep and good habits you don't really see the fruits of the labor for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, one operates on your dopamine circuitry yep. and the other one operates on serotonin circuitry and they're not the same mm-hmm. um, serotonin those, those serotonin circuits the good habits those take a long time for you to really get those benefits and you would know you know and anyone knows that when they've been working on something for a long time that you don't you can't describe the way it feels in yeah terms of it feels good it's not like the way it feels good when you eat something that you normally don't want like you mm-hmm. know something that's just sugary it gives you like a quick boost right yeah it's not the same thing but it's instead of that hit that you get from dopamine those bad habits are instantly gratifying that's why yeah. it's so much easier <laughs> is isn't that mind-blowing why couldn't it like it be the other way when we you know like when they whatever whoever created us like why couldn't it have been the other way isn't that so interesting like what where do you think that formed that had to have been like years 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 like this hat like now i'm like whoa where did that start if you really go down that rabbit hole so that's your the serotonin circuitry of your brain is People underestimate how old that is. That is that is so. Okay, how about this? Um, crustaceans, so like lobsters, crabs, yeah. things like that. The that they share a part of the brain is very similar to ours, which is that serotonin circuitry. So okay. lobsters actually, and you know, crustaceans in general, they they have serotonin in their their system. Is serotonin uh, the good or bad one? Just so everyone knows. It's the, it's the feel good one. Okay. And, okay. And it's, it's associated with um, kind of uh, long range, maybe maybe longer term, uh, quote unquote happiness. Yeah. Or maybe um, in terms of humans, you might you might associate it more with like proficiency. Okay. Or contentment, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to, to put it simply though, uh, crustaceans share a part of their brain that we also have. And crustaceans are older, literally, than trees. Okay. They, I mean, just think about this. For yeah. Like, crustaceans <laughs> are older than trees. They That's have crazy. a part of their brain that is older than the concept of a tree. And so to think that we don't have that in our brain and it's not that old, I mean, that's how, like, there's parts of our brain that are older than the concept of trees. Can I ask you, do you believe in past lives? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm okay. Not sure. Okay. It's just yeah. interesting because we're talking about like. I, mean, I don't know enough about it. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe you'll look into that. Maybe that'll be another episode. I should talk about that sometime. But, um, because you're talking about like crustaceans and they're years old, like however many years it is, and now you know I'm in 2020 and I still have that in my brain. You know what I mean? It's just it's so interesting. But I guess it just carries. Yeah. It's so that's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, and it works the same way. If you like, if you give a human, um, uh, so antidepressants, uh, the common one is SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, so they prevent the reabsorption of the neurotransmitter serotonin, uh, which sounds like it would reduce the amount of, of uh, serotonin available, but actually makes it more abundant. Right. Uh, you can actually give a quote-unquote depressed 
uh, lobster or crab, SSRIs, and they will actually have higher serotonin levels and they will behave in a way that is actually more dominant of, or more, more associated with dominant, Interesting. Uh, you know, crustaceans. Huh. Or so. <laughs> That's so interesting. I'm going to have to go look at like the, uh, what it looks like, be, like what a depressed lobster looks like and what one looks like. What if there's a video? Shells are different colors. They whoa. They um they tend to be a little bit smaller in size. They don't uh the the more the ones that have more serotonin. The easiest way to think about this is ones that have more serotonin are more dominant. Yeah. They they tend to fight for mates more. Uh, they tend to have better uh, territory. Um, they have more. They have uh, locations that are better access to food. Wow. The typical kind of evolutionary stuff that you would look for. So. <laughs> Where do you learn this stuff at? Is this school? I, that, I just love learning about stuff like this. So that's I, so cool. Yeah. That's, that's sweet. what I like to learn about, so. Yeah. No, I feel like that's like, because I never took, I took psychology in class just one year. I didn't actually, like, I'm, I want to go back to school to be a therapist, but I feel like that kind of opens a lot of it, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was actually, so I mean, that was, I would say most of the things I've learned in the realm of psychology come from just reading books. Yeah. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say like 80, 20 in terms of books to what I learned in school. What? Or, I mean, I would say so. Yeah. I think, huh. that, I'm not going I to think that there were, there were probably three or four classes that, I mean, smacked me upside the head yeah. in, terms of, in terms of things that I never knew about. Yeah. Um, but there were some classes that I thought were a little redundant. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Wow, that's really uh, cool. It's funny you mm-hmm. mention that because I, I actually, before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was also going to become a therapist too. Really? So. I was going to ask you that. I should have asked. Are you glad you didn't do it? Or do you wish you, do you still want to do? I would love to have a PhD in psychology in some way. Yeah, um, I'm glad I didn't do it yeah. in terms of at that time. Right. I, you know, it wasn't for me at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I applied to a program, enrolled, got accepted, or got accepted, enrolled, all that. Uh, but once I was in, I, I started getting out of nowhere. I started having just a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And so I thought long and hard about it, and I decided to drop out uh, from it. And it was only the second I sent, sent that form in, and, and I dropped out. I mean, all of that. Exactly one away. Wow. So that's how I know that I did the right thing. For sure. Call. How did you know to follow that? Because that's I pretty didn't. powerful. You didn't. I would. I would say that that was like that was me just trusting. Yeah. Something telling me this is not. It's not that it's not saying this isn't for you, but it's like this ain't for you right now. Right. So you realize because I think this is so important, and I. Yes. So you realize you were aware I'm feeling anxious now that I'm in this program or you said program, right? Mm -hmm. Now that you're in this program, you feel all this anxiety. So you were able to step back and be like, okay, maybe it's the program. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That was, that was one of the harder things I've done because I was definitely working towards that for quite a while. Yeah. And now that I had it, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, it, the, I think that for a lot of people too, they, they maintain this mentality of like, well, this is what I've been working at. Like, this is, this is what I want. Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't know. Because I think what, what happens, and it's what happened to me, is when you, when you decide 
okay, not this. Yep. Now you have a whole new set of problems, which is, okay, then what? <laughs> so if yeah. not this, then what? Right. And now you have to work through that again. But, you know, it all works out. Yeah, know, so. for sure. And that wasn't really like life or death either. It's just, I mean, yes, you had a dead set. You wanted to do it, but you realize like that's not what you really wanted. And you're able to jump off that ledge, say, see you later. And now look at you, you landed on your two feet, which I think is so cool. You know what I mean? A lot of people, I mean, two things, one, you know, they don't listen to that feeling, you know, that your feelings, those emotions, your anxiety, your stress, it means something. It's coming from something. I read it in my book this morning. I always talk about it. It's like, your emotions are telling you something. So you have to check in and be like, okay, what, where is this coming from? What is it? You know what I mean? It's all like, like that inner work. Um, I forgot what the second one was, but yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm just so passionate about like people checking in with themselves. You know what I mean? Like their feelings, their intuition, it is telling you something. And like, we always look for outside people, but all the answers are with inside of you. And I truly, truly believe that. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. <laughs> yeah. And I see, and I see your, people can't see this, but I see your bracelet and it says stoic. I can't see what else it says, but oh, yeah. Uh, stoic strong. It's, so uh, cool. Yeah. So the, the stoic philosophy is something that, and anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that there's something that yeah. got me pretty, <laughs> it's, it's really, it helps a lot with decision making. And oh, for sure. I base, I base a lot of my coaching around philosophies. Okay. Just kind of mindsets that you would find in that. Yeah. Philosophy. So. Yeah. Have you read the, I'm sure you have, the Stoic Challenge? The Stoic Challenge? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Is that the one that's 52 weeks of the year? No, it's from, I have it right here. <laughs> it's by Irvine Norton. I don't know. It's like pretty like intro level to Stoic. Like I've kind of heard about it but like didn't really read too much into it until like last month and i opened this book and i'm like holy shit like i really do like what it has to say yeah no i've i've read the uh daily stoic okay um, i've heard of that so one i'm on my third go around with it now sweet but i will be trying out a new one this year um this one that i mentioned i can't read the title i think it's called like a handbook for new Stoics or something okay. like that. Um, but it's it's for, I don't know how it works, but it's something like there's 52 lessons for 52 weeks of the year. Wow. So, and I mean, in the Daily Stoic is one that you read. There's 365 passages. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. So. What would be, in the simplest terms, if you can find any, about like what is Stoic? Because some people might not know what that means or yeah, what it is. I think. If I had to break it down to sentence, <laughs> yeah, I would say that it's that's tough. I, I know. Say, okay, a few sentences. You can. I'll give you a few. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all right. So I think that it would be a. It's. I think. Well, I will say this. There's a difference between capital S stoicism and lowercase s stoicism. So when a lot of people when they hear the word stoic, they think. Um, kind of like emotionally repressed. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. That's mm -hmm. lowercase s stoic. Yeah. Um, capital S in terms of philosophy is it's, it's, it's pulling from that place in terms of definition, but 
it's a it's not an emotional repression, but it's an objectivity for sure. To your emotions, mm-hmm. and it's, I would say in its simplest form, it's knowing what you can and can't control, and not caring about what you can't control. Yeah. That's perfect. Simplest form. That's probably how I would describe it. For sure. That's probably how I would describe it too. Because I remember one chapter, and thank you for that. One chapter was like saying, like, if there is something that comes up and say it's not what you wanted, it's you laugh at it, kind of, instead of like being like, oh, I'm a victim, like blah 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 blah, like going negative. It's like, okay, that's fine. This is what it is. I'm moving forward. Like, ha ha. Okay, here we go. You know, this was what happened. Is that right? That's kind of what I got from yeah. it. And I'm only on chapter three. But I think it's yeah. dope. There's, I mean, so there's, there are four core um, tenets or principles of Stoic philosophy, and that's uh, wisdom, justice, uh, moderation, and I want to say, was it responsibility? I can't remember the fourth I one. don't know. Oh, courage. I'm sorry. Courage. Okay. So, Courage, justice, wisdom, moderation. Those are the four things that uh, a, a stoic would practice. That's cool. Um, so especially in terms of the moderation thing is one thing I, I pull from all the time. Right. Um, just in, in regards to what I do. Right. But, uh, yeah, those are, the, those are the four things you're looking for. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. And I know you mentioned books and I feel like now that since we're talking about stoic, do you have any book recommendations? I know this is on the spot, but do you have, what are your top five? If you can name five favorite books, top five, I know. So I actually set a resolution this year to read 75 books in 2020. Oh, heck yeah. Did you? I'm sitting at about like 68, nine, something like that right now. Close. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm going to try. Right? <laughs> a but book a day. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, all time, I would sh- I'm going to struggle with that one. Okay, maybe not all time. Okay, recent. 2020 favorite books. That's easier. Um, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. That's so good. Um, I would say one that I've read several times is 12 Rules for Life. Okay. Um, Jordan Peterson. That's where actually I got the lobster bit from. Um, <laughs> I need to like, look at that one. Yeah, there's. Uh, um, I read some some pretty interesting ones around uh, narcissism. Okay. Um, so the one was called. It's kind of an aggressive title, but it's a good book. How to How to Kill a Narcissist. Okay. Heard of um, it. Yeah, those were that was a pretty interesting one. <laughs> uh, I'll try to and then like so maybe something from another walk of life. Um, finances, so something like uh, tax-free wealth. Okay. Was another one, or or was no? It's called the Tax and Legal Playbook, and it was just a book about tax law. Hmm. Super dry, I know, but I mean, <laughs> learned. I mean, that was one of the more invaluable. Right. Uh, Hmm. Like just learning about taxes, that's something that I was blown away about how much you can do with taxes. Well, so you'll, have to f- you'll have to fill me in because I just uh, got my legal basis, <laughs> like all that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all these taxes. I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to roll I, with that. I would say read <laughs> a tax and legal playbook or tax free wealth. Okay. Um, those are very good books for 
Okay, sweet. Yeah, I feel like all my books are learning. Like I'm always, it's all like all the books that I have are learning something or growing as a person. Like people always ask, like they ask me for book recommendations and it's never, what is it? Nonfiction? Wait, what's the story one? Uh, fiction. Yeah, it's never anything like that. I'm always like, oh, the power of now, un untethered soul, like all these ones that are like spiritual and like help you grow. But yeah, <laughs> I love reading too. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I don't read fiction ever. I mean, it's not that mm -hmm. I think it's a waste of time, but I just, it just doesn't do it as much for me. For sure. Um, yeah. One that I think you'd like too is uh, Body Keeps the Score. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, Bessel van der Kolk wrote it, and he, he's one of, I would, he's not who uh, discovered PTSD necessarily, but he was one of the pioneers behind making PTSD mainstream. Okay. Um, hmm. But it's really just about the relationship between your body and stress. Right. Yeah, that does sound interesting. I'll have to. Yeah, I love books. So any recommendations, I really appreciate that for sure. So I want to, before we close this out, I would love to give you an opportunity if you haven't, you know, shared it already. Is there anything you want people to know or hear from you or anything? Any message you'd like to tell the listeners? Man. Um, <laughs> that's the one I should prep. That's the question I'm going to prep from now on. <laughs> yeah, I think that if there's one thing that I think people, I just, I would, I think people should try to be, should try to do, it's that I think that if you want to change the world, start with yourself. Yep. Be, being the best version of yourself is in my opinion the single greatest thing you can do for humanity yeah um to put it to put it in, in as an example i think that it's a safe assumption to say that most people on average will meet and get to know on some level a thousand different people in their life yeah um if you get to know a thousand people and those 1,000 people also, if they're an average person, know 1,000 people. I mean, that's what, 100,000 people that, yeah. you're that you have you have had an influence on. Right. Think about how many times you have interacted with someone who has had a negative reaction with a third party that has affected you. Yeah, okay. You know, like if someone's having a bad day and they take it out on you. Right, for sure. Or if you are having a bad day and you took it out on someone. Right. And then they end up taking it out on somebody. Yeah. This is the ripple effect. Totally. So, you know, if you take 100,000 people to another 100,000 people, now, I mean, I don't know what number it is, million, 10 million, I don't know. X, yeah. X but uh, that's, that's the best thing you can possibly do, to be the best version of yourself. For sure. And, you know. Just put that back and just let that kind of ripple back outwards. Yeah. I love that. Even like that visualization, like I just visualize that. Like if I were to be mean to somebody because I had a bad day, then that actually takes this person and they could affect however many people. But if I was positive, it could have been totally different. That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that you said that. That's even just visual. Like I want people to like sit here and like think about that for a second. Like even visualize so crazy. 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm glad that you're here doing and preaching and being great. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on here. I think this was incredible. I didn't get to all my questions, which is, I'm not surprised, (laughs) but, um, I think we can probably follow up with another one or ask you offline and I'll post it on Instagram, but, um, yeah, for sure. It was amazing. I think the stoic, I think that'd be interesting to talk about too, because I feel like we can totally dive deeper into that one, but how can people find you Instagram podcast? Do you have any of those? Can you share? Um, yeah, Instagram. I'm probably the most active on Instagram. Um, I, it's just my first name underscore last name. Okay. Um, same thing. Twitter. Uh, yeah. TikTok. Same thing. Cool. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luke. This has really been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Brooke. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for more. See ya. Okay. Woohoo! We did it! Wait. Yeah. Okay, let me pause all these recordings.